What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. I hope you are having yourselves a wonderful goddamn day. I really do. Um, for those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome, welcome. Um, I always like to start off every episode with a bit of gratitude. So big shout out to all the Patreon subscribers. You all are amazing. Love you so much. What's that? You're not a Patreon subscriber? Well, what are you waiting for? Go to patreon.com slash Kilgallen. And you will receive a bonus episode a week, some other fun content. I've done some top 10 lists. This week, I dropped um, a 10-minute thing I was holding on to for a while. I do another podcast, everyone. It's called Let's Get Dumb. It's with fellow comedian Jonah Jerkins, in which we ask dumb questions, tell dumb stories, and just have a dumb old time with you. We had 10 minutes of like behind-the-scenes shit. Our producer, Austin, had the cameras rolling while we were just like waiting for him to say, all right, we're ready to you know, record this podcast. So it's kind of fun. You see a little behind the scenes stuff. Um, I appear very grumpy in it. For those of you who've been listening to Let's Get Dumb for a long time now, we are almost 30 episodes in. I think we're about to do our 30th episode. Uh, but we did a, an original 12, as we now refer to affectionately as season one. And now we are in season two. We had like about a two month, three month layoff, maybe. Anyway, the first 12 episodes, Joan and I were not getting along very well. I, um, but we get along great now and I actually look forward to doing the podcast every week we do it. It's a lot of fun. We've got ourselves in a nice, nice rhythm, a nice groove, if you will. But back then we would, uh, argue all over some stupid shit, you know? And, uh, we, we realized we were doing two different podcasts because I'd say to him later, I'm like, what the fuck was that about? Why would you go in that direction? And he'd be like, well, cause that's, and then I'm like, oh, because you're a fucking idiot. No, I'm kidding. Well, no, I would say that to him, but then I later figured out, oh, well, this is why. We're not getting along very well. We're doing two different podcasts. So it was just kind of fun. Anyway, so with the Patreon, you get a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I share just for the Patreon subscribers. Some cool like stories that I'm like, I can't put this out into the general internet. I could get in some trouble. If I'm going to get in some trouble, they got to pay a little bit for it. Uh, so I try to make some stuff exclusive. Uh, whenever I can, I give out free tickets, which is sometimes the case, not always. Usually my Chicago shows, uh, because I'm from here and I know the venues very well, they hook me up. Anyhow, so let's get into today's episode, everybody. Um, those of you who follow the podcast know I had a colonoscopy yesterday, but I promised Jonah I would save that story for Let's Get Dumb, which will be out on Wednesday, uh, February 7th. So if you're listening to this today or the morning of Wednesday, Wednesday, February 7th, I don't know when this current episode I'm recording is going to come out. It'll either be coming out afternoon of February 6th or early in the morning, February 7th. Uh, here's the thing, guys. The, I'll, I'll talk about this part of the colonoscopy with the viewers. Um, the prep work. Oh, fuck that. Horrible. Hor it sucks. Uh, you can't eat for two days. And I remember going into it thinking, oh, this will be fine. I could do that. You can drink water and Gatorade and stuff. I'll just have an all-liquid diet for two days. No big deal at all. And I'll lose some weight and it'll be great. Not great. Oh, you do not realize how much you love food until you go without it. And for whatever reason, the world knew. The world knew, damn it, that Joey was hungry. The world knew I was starving. Because anytime I open up any social media app, bam, fucking amazing looking steak, mashed potatoes, gravy, like all my favorite foods. I turn on the TV, cereal commercials, love me some cereal. Like just ev everywhere I looked, food was just being shoved in my face. I felt like every time I looked at my wife and kids, they're just, ah, 
stuffing their face with food. I don't know why I made it seem like they eat like animals. Ah, what the fuck was that, Joe? Joe, what the fuck was that? So, uh, yeah, it was it was hard. It was a task. But, you know, it was it was necessary. You know, I, I've been dealing with some health issues. So um had to get it done. But, man, that prepper was bad. Then you got to drink all this horrible tasting stuff. The one thing I remember thinking, like, that's not bad. This is it. Oh, easy. Everyone exaggerates. This is fine. Had a hint of lemon. I'm all right with this. That was just the one part. The other part, I was just like, I'm going to throw up. I'm not going to be able to do this. And you got to do all that because you got to clean out your asshole. You got to clean out the old colon. So when they shove a camera up there, and, and you know what kind of camera it is? It's like a 1990s digital camera. It's like one of those boxy ones from the late 90s. I thought it was going to be like on a small tube. And there, no, man. They put a, a boxy rectangled camera up your fucking bum hole. And, um, and there's blood. Lots and lots of blood. <sighs> I'm kidding, of course. They don't use that type of camera. What kind of world, what kind of third world hospital would I be going to? No disrespect to my third world listeners. Hopefully one day you'll be in the second world. What the fuck is the second world? Right? We're always, you always hear first world, third world. What was the second world? I think communism is the second world, right? Is that how, I think that's how it all came from. First world is like developed democracies, capitalist countries. Second world would have been like, what? Communist? Or would second world be like dictatorships? And then third world, what the fuck is third world? Because a lot of third world countries are third world because they have dictatorships. One guy hogging all the resources. Everyone else is over here going, hey, fuck face. She's throwing me some chips. Hungry down here. I imagine they're looking up at some sort of castle-like structure. Um, yeah. Anyway, so no one, no one likes dictators. They literally have dick in the word. See, when you think about it, though, the word dictator, if you separate it, let's take a, a look at like the way George Costanza looked at the word manure. Manure is horse shit. But he goes, as a word, not bad. You got you got newer, which is good, and then ma. Who doesn't like ma? Ma newer. It's very fun to say. Say it out loud. Ma newer. I'm trying to trying to do my best, Jason Alexander, aka George Costanza from Seinfeld. But the word dictator, again, another word. Where if you break it down, you got taters. Who doesn't who doesn't like some taters? Potatoes. A tater is short for potato. It's a nickname for a potato. Potatoes come in many forms that we love. You got French fries, mashed potato, baked potato, potatoes are brine, potatoes are gratin. You got um, sweet potato. You got uh, tater tots. That's where tater is. Uh, just all sorts of things. That potato, you could do a million and one things with it. Chips, crisps, whatever you call them. And uh, and Dick, you know, um, I don't like Dick. Uh, I like my Dick. So when I hear the word dictator, I think of my Dick, which I love very, very much. He's my best friend. And I think tater, which I like a tater, and I think dictator together, pretty great word, right? Depends how you view it. So that's that's the positive things. How come these law of attraction videos all over YouTube aren't telling us things like that? Instead, they're telling us to wake up every day and be grateful. Well, I'm grateful for the word dictator. It makes me feel nice. I'd like these people to be like, hey, this is what you need to do. Visualize you saying fun words like dictator. It'll cheer you up. And then, and then you'll forget the fact that you don't own a car, right? Things like that is what these people should be doing. These motivational speakers I see them all over the place. They're all over YouTube and social media. I'm slowly faded, phasing them out. You guys know I've had my gripes with them. Some of them I like, and I like them for a while, and they're pumping me up. But then as time goes on, I'm like, oh, you guys are just snake oil salesmen, these people. Some of you listening to my podcast may be like, hey, fuck you, Joe. I like these guys. Do you? 
Do you? Sometimes they say shit where you're like, hell yeah. And other times you say stuff where it's like, do I really need to make my bed every fucking day? I'm just going to mess it up again later. You're telling me to be efficient with my time, but you're also telling me to make my bed? Well, because you make your bed every morning uh, because then that's one task you've completed and it gets you in the habit of completing tasks. You know what I like to do every morning? I like to jerk off because that's a task completed. You know what I'm saying? Right? That's because I'm coming. That's completion right there. And I'm already winning. I've already had an orgasm to start my day. If you have an orgasm first thing in the morning, think of all the losers out there who aren't having an orgasm, right? You're beating them, right? They're fucking in the gym working out. They're making their bed and you're fucking ejaculating all over yourself. Dude, you've won. Same thing with the women. Women, you should be fucking rubbing one out in the morning too, right? Get that release going, you know? Oh, but it makes me tired a little bit. Eat yourselves a fucking power bar. Do they still make power bars? I don't know. Whatever kind of protein bar that you enjoy, you shove that in your fucking gullet after you just stimulated yourself. That's how you attack the world. That's how you fucking win. All right. Now that I've got you guys about almost 10 minutes into this podcast, big news, big, big news. Probably should have let off with this. Maybe we'll see. YouTube. What's up, my YouTube friends? I will be dropping my special on YouTube. Maybe today you're listening today. Well, it will be coming on February 7th. February 7th is a Wednesday. I've decided I'm just dropping it that day. I don't need all this big fucking promotional. Oh, I got to fucking pump the brake, uh, pump the tires on it. Make sure everyone knows, blah, blah, blah. Because then people start to forget. I got a friend who sent me a message going, hey, February 20th, here's the link. Like February 20th, I've already forgotten, my friend. That is too far away. You're going to remind me again on the 20th? Yeah. I go, all right, well, then this fucking text was useless. So February 7th, Wednesday morning. You could be listening right now. And if you are listening right now, you pause the podcast and you go watch the damn special. A lot of you have probably already watched the special, but get this. I've decided to change it up a little. On punchup.live, my special, that's the current home of my special. It's this great new comedy platform. The full special will remain there. The full extended version is how I'm going to refer to it. And that's still called good grief. But the special I'm dropping on YouTube won't be the full special. It'll be about 30 minutes and I'm crushing it down. Um, you know, I took some bits out to make those bits exclusive to punch up because I still want people to go to punch up. So if you like, you're listening on YouTube and you're like, oh, I haven't seen it on punch up. Watch the half an hour version. I feel like people want tighter and smaller versions of stuff. I'll throw up clips on shorts and reels and TikTok and all that, but I'm going to throw a 35 minutes, 30 to 35 minutes special on YouTube. It's going to be called life and death. I'm renaming it for the sake of the algorithm. I discovered that there's a new movie on Netflix called Good Grief. There's also a comedy special someone already had called Good Grief. Mine's got a different take on grief, but his came out a few years ago. I didn't hear about it until recently. This is how I found out a friend of mine, Vince Caron, shout out to him. He posted a screenshot of his special, which you can find on Tubi. And it had a bunch of other specials next to it. And I saw one of them said Good Grief. And I'm like, what the fuck? And a comedian I didn't know doesn't mean he's not good. He might be good. I didn't research it, but I, I mean, I read the description and know we're like, all right, it's a little different. So I'm calling this one life and death because in a lot of ways, that is what it's about. It's about my life. I'm, I'm very biographical as a standup and it's about my father's death and how I helped handle that and dealt with that. So it's going to be called life and death. Like I said before, it's dropping on YouTube February 7th. If you've already seen good grief, like if you're listening right now going, I don't give a fuck. I already seen it. Please share it with your friends. It's going to be very easy to share. It's a YouTube link. You could text that to friends. They could watch it on their phone, email it to them. You know what I mean? Uh, anything you could do to help spread the word, that would mean a lot to me because the more people who see it, the more people who see me, 
the more people who potentially buy tickets to the show. Doing shows in Arizona, LA, I got coming up. LA, March 1st. That's at Lyric Hyperion. You could go to joekilgallon.com, which is, takes you right to my punch up uh, page, which on punchup.live, it's got all my tour dates. Uh, so I'll be in LA. I got Milwaukee coming up soon, February 17th. And two big shows because I'm doing it with my guy, Jonah, co host of Let's Get Dumb podcast. That's March 22nd and March 23rd at Mike Drop Mania in Chandler, Arizona, which is just outside of Phoenix. And that's going to be a hell of a time. Hell of a time. Um, Chad McDaniel will be there. Manuel Rodriguez will be there. Um, these are good buddies of mine and podcast listeners. So uh, it's it's going to be, uh, and I want to sell tickets. I want to sell a lot of tickets. Uh, it's right. I think for basically being seven, eight weeks out, we're okay on ticket sales. Um, but if they remain the same, I'm, I'm fucked. <laughs> so please, I'll just be honest with you guys. I, I want, uh, that's why I'm dropping the special on YouTube. You try to get more eyeballs on the whole damn process, right? Okay, uh, enough of the plugging of stuff. Well, speaking of airlines, though, I just booked uh, my flight. Hopefully, this is a, tr a trick I've done in the past. Hopefully, it works out again this time. I booked one way this week, and I'm going to book the return flight next week. By breaking it up, sometimes I think they feed you different ticket prices. It worked wonderfully for my trip to L.A. So, granted, I'm going to L.A. February the last week of February into March. Show's March 1st. That was round trip from Chicago to L.A., 200 bucks, like even amazing flight deal. Like if I could get 200 bucks for round trip every time to LA, I'd go to LA five, six times a year. No problem. Maybe more. And cause that's just such a good deal. So, uh, but, uh, the prices I was getting for Phoenix were really expensive. Um, I booked one way so far and it's a lot. So I'm hoping if I'm lucky, I'll get four. If I could get 150 on the return flight out as almost, almost 300 bucks for one way there. It was just, I couldn't, I was trying left and right to find ways to trick the system to get a cheaper flight for my flights to Arizona. Um, Cause I'll be there Thursday to Sunday. And then at one point I'm like, do I take this 6am flight back Sunday morning? I'm like, I got two shows Saturday night. I don't want to be all, well, I'll just stay up all night partying. And then I'm a dick the whole next day to my family. You, you got to think these things through sometimes. Also when you're booking flights, sometimes you think, you know what, this is like a hundred, this is not even a hundred. Cause if it was a hundred, that's one thing. This one flight was like 50 bucks cheaper, but I had like a layover. And I'm like, dude, layovers, you risk being late. Um, you know what also happens on the layover? When you're sitting around in the airport bored for two hours, you're inevitably going to inevitably gonna spend money. And when you spend that money, you think to yourself, I could have gotten a direct flight and not spent this money. Because I remember one time spending like 35, 40 bucks in the Denver airport going like, for 50, I could have gotten on the original flight I looked at that was direct one way. I saved 50 bucks, but then I'm spending 45. So I saved $5, but I didn't save money because time is money. So you think about these things. These are my tips for everybody when it comes to booking a flight. Uh, but it's out of control. Dude, what the fuck? Alaskan Airlines, I searched them for round trip Chicago to Phoenix. Holy fuck. Like the cheapest thing I could find was like 480 for shitty flight times, round trip. And mind you, Alaskan Airlines had a goddamn plane door fly off. And I remember being like, well, they're real cheap now, which makes sense because everyone's like, fuck that airline. They can't even keep doors on the fucking plane. Now I, I research it thinking, oh, this is going to be wonderful. Nope. What would that special last for a week? Fuck that. I, I don't understand. Like these airlines haven't made. They do because for whatever reason, they're recession proof. 
They are. Whenever they get hit with anything, I remember COVID. I remember like a decade before when a lot of shit was going down. Everyone's like, we got to save our airlines. Why? Why? Because all we do is give them money. What they do is they buy their stocks back to pump their stock price again. And it doesn't really save any jobs. It doesn't create any more jobs, at least. It's dog shit. Next time, I, but it'll never happen, though, because we have the most crooked politicians in the world. Uh, right or left, they get paid off by corporate interest. So instead of being like, fuck you, airplanes, the airplanes then take, hey, give us this money. We'll take some of it, buy stocks, and we'll put the rest back in your fucking pocket. How's that sound, Jimbo? Oh, hell yeah. And that's how they do it. They don't, you know, our politicians don't work for our citizens. They work for the corporations. We know this, don't we? I don't really get political too often on this podcast, but I felt like that had to be goddamn said. It's because it's frustrating. Because to me, I'm thinking to myself, if I'm a senator, House of Representative, uh, president, and the airlines are struggling and they go, we need money for bailed out. I'm going to say, well, what are you going to do with that money? And I'm going to have it in writing. And if instead they buy off politicians and pay off their stocks, I'm going to go, fuck you. You know what we're instead we're going to do with this money? I'm going to build fucking trains that go fast as fuck. That's what I'm going to do because fuck you guys. Okay. This is your own doing. A lot of this shit is your own doing. You know, the, the, the flight prices, the service, all that kind of shit. It's, it's annoying. And, and granted, I don't know how much fuel costs for a plane. So maybe I'm just talking on my ass here. Maybe they, it's one of those things that's on the margins. They're barely doing well. And if that's the case, then maybe we shouldn't. I don't know. You know, like like in major cities, the public transportation isn't for profit. A lot of times it loses some money. And that's okay because it's a service. You know what I mean? Like the fire department technically loses money, right? They don't make it. The military doesn't make, well, it makes money for someone. But like not every taxpayer funded thing has to make a return. That's not, they're not investments, they're services, right? So I almost wonder, do we need to have like a couple airlines that are government ran, but then, you know, the government fucks up when they run shit too. I don't know. It's a whole thing. I just wish we had a better form of travel because there's no real alternative Chicago to Phoenix. And I know March is a hot time of year there because baseball spring training's going on. Um, but man, I was trying to, I was looking into doing a show in Vegas. I was like, we'll do Vegas and we'll go to Phoenix, but March madness is going on and Vegas is super expensive right now. And I just didn't do enough due diligence on that, but Vegas, Vegas listeners, I will be out there at some point. Um, maybe October, or November, that seems like a good time to get out of Chicago to go to Las Vegas. Cause it's still pretty hot there at that time. All right. Here's something I wanted to, uh, talk about a little bit with you guys uh the grammys the grammys took place uh sunday evening i don't know where they took place probably los angeles uh good old la and um nothing surprising there i guess uh tracy chapman and some dude named luke sang a song together and people thought that was great i only know her from that one song that she sang 30 years ago uh decent tune i guess i'm not really into like folksy shit like that but uh i mean sometimes um it's one of those songs where it's like if I'm waiting in line at a grocery store and it's on, I'm not upset. But would I ever choose to play it? No, um, not at all. So anyway, but good for them. She sounded good. Billy Joel busts out a new song. I missed that, but I did watch him close out the show with a song called You May Be Right, which is a great song. I think it's about him drinking and driving a lot, though. If you listen to the lyrics, uh, he sings, and you told me not to drive, but I made it home alive. And you said that only proves that I'm insane. It's a good lyric. So, uh, but uh, Taylor Swift, I stuck up for you on last week's podcast, talking about how you're a one-woman economy. Every town Taylor Swift goes to, she stimulates the economy. She brings in big bucks. Um, but you annoyed me at the Grammys. Here's why you annoyed me at the Grammys, Tay-Tay. And here's where I consider myself a, a becoming a real consistent human being as I grow old. Uh, consistent in the sense that I don't ignore when someone needs to be called out. 
Uh, again, and I've stuck up for you a lot, Taylor. I have. You've done some great shit. But uh, you were acting surprised that you fucking won? Come on. I almost feel like someone in her team told her, hey, listen, you're obviously going to win. Like, duh. Uh, but just try to act surprised. And, and I, I there's a difference between acting humbled and acting surprised. They called her name and she looked like, oh, my God. She looked like a child on Christmas morning where it's like, Santa came. Like, you fucking knew. You knew you were going to win. Like there's, I've seen award shows when it's the obvious person wins. You know what they do? They still have a big smile on their face. Like, all right, they give someone a hug, but they don't like act like you did. I just feel like mm, next year or yeah. Cause you're going to have an album come out in like a couple weeks you announced or, or two months. When, when you win awards for that next year, I want you to just kind of smile, be like, ah, all right, this is great. Shake some hands and go up there and be like, this is wonderful. Don't look like you are just, you could not believe it. Oh my God, me? They picked me? Yeah, duh, you fucking crazy person. Like, of course you knew. It was bad acting. I, I don't think you should, uh, don't become one of those posters who wants to be an actress. I know you've dabbled in some of it. Unless it's a comedy, I don't think I want to see you in a dramatic role. I don't think you can pull it off, Taylor. And you don't need it. You have all the money. Stop. But uh, the Grammys is another award show. I don't know, like, do you guys, are you guys in award shows, listeners? Uh, send me some messages and tell me if I'm right or wrong about this award show shit. But like, I just feel like they're, and they've been like this for a while now. Um, we just have way too many options of entertainment. It used to be they were out on Sunday nights and inevitably the people who hate Hollywood are going to use this saying like, oh, the ratings are down again. See, America hates Hollywood and what it stands for. Probably it's like, okay, listen, everyone watched in the nineties because there's five channels and if you were cable was expensive, not a lot of people had it. And it was a Sunday night. You know what I mean? And it was a way for a lot of people to be like, all right, well, what movies are people raving about? With the Grammys, though, literally my whole life, I've been upset at who they choose to win the awards, which leads to my next point. I saw like Jay-Z was upset about something and a lot of his fans that I'm friends with, I saw them on Instagram being pissed off about Jay-Z. I don't know. It was Beyonce. Did she get robbed again or some shit? I don't fucking know. Um, although the Beyonce shit's kind of overhyped. Remember she didn't win best. Uh, she lost to Beck like fucking almost eight years ago now. And I remember people being like, oh, that's bullshit. She never wins. She's won 22 times. She's just never won for best album. Okay. And I could believe that. It's a weird thing now. The Grammys over the last 10 years have done a thing where they're trying to, they've always kind of chosen at least a few of the big people in music. So like Taylor Swift, huge pop star. That was an obvious one that we all saw coming. And then they go for some artsy performer that no one knows who the fuck they are. And they're like, really? What? Uh, now they're kind of going more mainstream, more who's watching our show? What demographic is watching our show the most? Taylor Swift fans watch anything she does. All right, so we need Taylor Swift to win a bunch of awards so she's on TV the whole time so her fans stay glued to the television because we need fucking ratings. That's the whole point of these award shows. Otherwise, why televise them? They televise them to sell commercial ads to make money. That's just how that goes. So don't give a fuck. I, I have a message for everyone out there. If you either stop watching, if you, all right, let me start this again because I want to be very direct with this. If you're someone who watches the Grammys every year, and every year you complain about the people you like not winning awards, either stop watching or stop bitching because you have to fucking get over that. Okay. The best it's not, it's not fucking it's, it's people judging. Okay. They're going to have different tastes and different opinions than you. You have to accept that. 
first Grammys I got into was like 1998 or 97. Smashing Pumpkins was a band I liked a lot. They were nominated for seven awards. They won fucking one. And that pissed me off. And I remember being like, this is bullshit. I listened to those other albums. Why wasn't my band chosen? And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. They never really pick the best anyway. They pick the one of the best, usually, or kind of, or not even, or they pick who's ever going to appeal to the most people. So they're, you know, it's just, it's a, it's fucking, they don't have, they're not bold. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Think about the people who vote for this stuff. Same with the Oscars, same with the Emmys, all these award shows. I don't understand why. I, I understand the people who watch them and like them, fine, whatever. I think they're boring as hell. Uh, occasionally there's an entertaining little piece. But that's the thing too nowadays. If there is an entertaining little piece, it'll go viral the next day and you'll see it eventually. But as far as, um, I guess, I'm, I don't know why people like them. I guess because you're familiar with the people. You're like, oh, I recognize that person. I've seen their work. I like their work, you know. Um, but other than that, you're just like, you see them get an award. The really cool and good actors and actresses don't even give a fuck if they get one. Same with the good musicians. You think fucking Kirk Cobain was pissed off in 1992 when they didn't win Best New Artist? You think that guy was like, he probably didn't even know the Grammys were going on. He's probably like lying there with a needle hanging out of his arm. Going, what the, what's, what's the Grammy? Um, Eminem famously says, you think I give a fuck about a Grammy? A few critics can't even stomach me, let alone stand me. So again, it doesn't. I'm sure if I, I'm saying this now and one day I'm going to be nominated for a Grammy for best singer, because you guys have listened to the podcast. No, this motherfucker can sing, right? Smelly cat, smelly cat. What are they feeding you? Um, that episode was on the other day when I was flipping around the channels. That's why I chose to sing that song. In case you guys were like, why the fuck is he singing that? Uh, I just think uh, either accept the fact that award shows are bullshit or stop watching them. You can't do both. That's my big fucking thing. You cannot do both. Because uh, I see people every fucking year, first weekend of February, going, I can't believe this person didn't win. This is bullshit. And then they share every article that agrees with them going, see, see, why aren't they fucking doing what I want them to do? Because they're not going to. They don't care about your fucking opinion. So stop watching every fucking year. What are you doing? Why are you doing this to yourself? That's like a weird sickness. Find something else to do. This podcast is about to come full circle. Next time you find yourself watching the Grammys, instead, have sex or masturbate. Okay? Or even read a book. Do Just do something else. Because you know it's just going to piss you off. Life is too short to hate watch things. I really do believe that. And on that note... I'm going to bid you all adieu. Uh, thank you for listening to the Joe Kilgallen podcast as always. Just to give you a shout out again, uh, thanks to the Patreon subscribers, everybody. If you've seen the special already on Punch Up, it's going to be on YouTube. Share it. Share the new uh, formatted version of my comedy special called Life and Death. Joe Kilgallen, Life and Death comedy special, February 7th. It's a Wednesday on YouTube. Make comments on it. Like it. Tell your friends. Share the link all over the place. Um, really be doing me a, a huge favor. If you do that guys, I'll forever be grateful. It helps out me so much and I'm a good person. So if I become rich, we're all, we all become rich. That's how that works. I think. All right. You guys are the best. Cheers for listening.